Welcome to the OA Serenity Sunday Meeting Podcast. Visit the Los Angeles Intergroup at oalaig.org for information on how to join our meeting live and how to donate to support this meeting and our podcasts. The opinions expressed on the Serenity Sunday Podcast are those of the individual speakers and do not represent OA as a whole. And now our speaker. It is now time for the leader to qualify for 20 minutes. Uh, will the timer please give me a five minute warning and a one minute warning? Uh, and I don't remember who you said it was, Mark, but- uh, It's me and I will do that for you, Joe. Thank you very much. Uh, I am going to share my screen very quickly, uh, if I can get to it. Just so you know who I am, this is me as a about a nine-year-old kid. I'm the one in the middle. I'm very thin. If you will notice, if you had asked me when I came into the program, I would have said that I was a fat kid all my life. This was me at age 14. Uh, about three to four years later, well, this is me at 14 also. If you notice, I was really a snappy dresser. If you'll notice the shoes, white and black, I think if you're old enough, you remember those were in style. And this was me about three or four years later. I went up to around, I don't, didn't weigh, so I don't remember, but some probably somewhere around 325, maybe 340 pounds. And uh, I continued to have that weight until uh, just before I came in the program. This is me uh, when I graduated from school about six years before, uh, seven years before the program, I came in the program. And I would like to show the next picture because if you stay in the program and if you do the steps and you work and you work with a sponsor and work with foncies, this is probably what you will end up doing. And this is a picture of me at a Halloween party. Uh, I was I was raised in a dysfunctional family, of course. I think everybody was, but uh, uh, in May of in February of 1983. I was at a point where I was waking up every morning and just wanting to die. I had never, uh, I didn't think that there was a solution to the way that I had felt on the inside. I didn't think there was a solution to my problems. I was totally and absolutely miserable. And I would wake up in the morning and I would do one of two things. I would either say the Lord's prayer, which was real crazy because uh, I was an atheist by that time. Or I would uh, think about getting the gun out of the door next to my bed and shooting myself in the head. Uh, I was not at my top weight. Um, uh, as I said, my top weight was over 300. I was only about 260 pounds or so, 265, but I was going up very rapidly. And uh, I had never been able to lose weight except with drugs. The first time that I lost a major amount of weight was with a little black and white pill called black and white mollies. And I had a doctor friend who, if he, he would give me a prescription and, you know, he said, if you need more than 30 a month, just let me know. And so, you know, if, if one is good, three or four is better. And I lost a lot of weight and then uh, I gained it back. And I thought, of course, I had that illusion that if I was just thin, my life would be perfect. And of course it never was. My last weight gain before, last weight loss before I came in the program, was in 1978. I went from 272 pounds down to 141 pounds in nine months. My, my diet for those nine months consisted of a bowl of vegetable soup and a glass of iced 
tea for lunch. They had it waiting for me at the table where the restaurant where I went. Uh, and then dinner, I had a very, very heavy dinner of 35 to 50 milligrams of Valium dropped in three or four scotches. And that's all I had for nine months. I lost all that weight. One of the people that I worked with said that I had a complete psychic change, but it was not the kind that the doctor talks about in the doctor's opinion. I, I then continued to go up and down and up and down. In February of 83, as I said, I was pretty miserable. And uh, I bought a building, uh, office building with two, with two friends that were in AA for six years. And I think that after about three weeks or two weeks, or maybe even a week, they really realized that they had three choices. One was to sell the building at a great economic loss. Two was to drink again, or three was to get me into a 12-step program. And they started to 12-step me into Overeaters Anonymous by saying, oh, you know, the meeting across the hall from our AA meeting is an OA meeting. And a lot of people have lost a lot of weight. And we and, and they never said I should go or anything else. And I think that that was important. I didn't, I was afraid. I just didn't think it would work for me because drugs were the only thing that ever worked for me. In May of 1983, on a Saturday, I was driving along. Once again, I hadn't been able to say that hardest word in the English language, no. And I was doing something I didn't wanna do. And I was driving along on the freeway at about 60 to 70 miles an hour. I know the speed limit was 50, so I was probably going at least 20 over that. And uh, there was a car parked on the freeway, four lane freeway, three lane freeway. And uh, I said for several years, for a year or so that there was no other cars and I hit it at 60 to 70 uh, because I couldn't move. But the reality was there was no cars. I think that at that moment, I just wanted to die. I just wanted to die because I was so miserable and so angry and so full of shame that I couldn't stand it any longer. I walked away from that wreck. I went to the doctor on Monday. I had one small bruise on my stomach. Wasn't wearing a seatbelt, by the way. And I'd had a physical a few weeks before and he said, you really need to lose weight. And he checked me over and he said, Joe, you still need to lose weight, but the only reason you're not hurt is because you're so fat. And I said to him, I've been thinking about going to Overeaters Anonymous. I think that that is when I took the first step. That was when I realized that I was powerless over food and that my life is unmanageable, even if I had never heard the steps. I then went back and I asked the two people to take me to my first meeting. The first meeting was the Friday before Memorial Day, 1983. I heard some things in that meeting that were to change my life. First of all, I heard, and it was re-emphasized, we have birthday meetings here where everybody speaks. And someone said, uh, someone kept, people kept repeating, there is a solution. There is a solution. There is a solution to the way that you feel on the inside. I went back, I took, went home. I uh, read some uh, pamphlets they had, men to the uh, OA pamphlet, man, for, uh, man in OA and a couple of others in Dignity of Choice. And I met with the two people that, that, uh, that brought me to the meeting. By the way, they stood on, they sat on either side of me in the back of the room. I think they were going to hold me down in case I ran from the room. Uh, and I, uh, I, I talked to them about several things. And the first thing that I asked them was something really strange. I said, is this a cult like the Moonies? There seemed to be a lot of chanting and praying in that meeting. 
In fact, I wasn't sure I was going to be able to remember that prayer that they stated at the beginning of the meeting, you know, the serenity prayer. It seemed so long and complicated. And, you know, they said, well, it's not a cult. Just keep coming back. I said, do I need to go to more than one meeting a week? And they said, yes, it's probably a good idea. And so I went to, I, that weekend was Memorial Day weekend. I went to a family reunion, which if your family is like my family, is probably not the best place to go to for your first day of abstinence. But I went, I made the mistake of telling them I was on a diet. And they, I heard all weekend, Joe, can we make you something special? Joe, can you eat this? Do we, ha- we can't make ice cream. Joe can't eat ice cream. And I had made a decision because of what I had heard in that first meeting to have three meals, nothing in between, three moderate meals, nothing in between, and no sugar. When I left that, 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 that Monday from the family reunion, I had had three meals a day, nothing in between, and no sugar. And that has been my abstinence and my plan of eating, and I followed it continuously since the Saturday before Memorial Day, 1983. I later quit uh, eating bread and flour and sugar and gluten, et cetera. Uh, I wanted to work the steps right away. I got a sponsor within the first month. I told him I wanted to work the steps. I wanted to start on, I, by the way, that weekend that, of the third weekend is when I came to believe that there was a solution and I could be restored to sanity. Uh, I, I took the third step about a month and a half later when I took the two people that I bought the building with out to lunch. And, uh, I, we, I was going to tell them my deepest, darkest secrets, which I heard at that meeting, you're only as sick as your secrets. And so I, uh, I went, I took them out to lunch. I couldn't tell them. I just couldn't tell them. And uh, we were driving back and they said, we were talking about buying the building. I said, well, I almost didn't buy the building. And they said, why? And I said, well, because I'm gay. And they said, oh, we know we still love you. And that for me was when I took the third step. That was when I was willing to let to be my true self, and to trust that God would take care of me no matter what. That was one of the most important days in my life. It was a burning bush thing for me. Uh, I started to work the steps immediately. I told my sponsor I wanted to do a four-step. He said, oh, no, let's wait. I said, no, I want to work a four-step. I'm in a field where I'm an architectural photographer, and I I traveled all over the United States. I would be in New York for a week and LA for a week and then Chicago for a week, back in Houston for a few days. I carried a little notebook with me and I'd write a name and I'd become so angry at that person that I couldn't continue. And I would put it away. A day or so later, I would write out what happened. And I continued to do that for about five or six months. And I gave away my fourth step in November of 1983. Uh, to a man in AA because I was sober by that time. And he had a spiritual program that I really liked. And so I gave it away to him. He had some really good things to say about, especially about me being molested as a child at age 11. And also by my emotional uh, a sexual abuser, my grandmother dying when I was 14, which was triggered the overeating. Uh, when I couldn't sleep at night, my mother told me to go eat cookies and drink a bottle of glass of milk. And I started that to kill every feeling that I had. And it, I really came away from that four step with a high that, and a, a serenity and peace of mind that I have never had before. In three months later, that man went out and molested an 11 year old boy. And the anger that came up for me was so great that I thought I was going to eat and drink. 
But what I did was I used the program. I worked the program. I talked to my sponsor. I did another four step and I came, I gave it away to my sponsor this time. And I came away with the same high. It took me many years to forgive that man that I did finally eventually. I've forgiven most anybody in my life. And so what I did was then I started to work the other steps. I'm still, I hate to say this, I'm still working on step six and seven, 39 years later. I think that they are the heart of the program because they, for me, are what allow me to have intimate, personal relationship with another person. They allow me to be able to interact socially with people and not run them off. Step six for me is doing the things I don't want to do. And step seven is doing the things I don't want. Let me start again. Step six is not doing the things I want to do. And step seven is doing the things I don't want to do. And it has, it has helped me in my relationships because it has right-sized me to everybody else in the world. I always thought of myself as being above them or their doormat. Today, I'm neither the doormat nor above them. I'm on an equal footing with everybody else. And it's because I work on a regular basis, step six and seven. Uh, I have an assistant who's been with me for 22 and a half years. Uh, we know everything about it. She comes from a very dysfunctional family. She does not uh, go to any program. And she has a brother who's an addict, terrible addict. And she, I, what I have learned how to do, and it started in the program with sponsees, was just to listen to another human being, not to offer advice, not to say what they should do, but just to listen to another human being and then say, I understand. And that's what I do with her. She, I let her just go on, even though it's not business, I let her go on about her brother and her mother and her family. And I just say, I understand in so many languages. I think that six and seven has helped me also do something which I'll talk about a little bit later was is to learn to love Joe as he is. And I think that that is one of the greatest gifts of the program. I did steps eight and nine. Uh, and at the end of steps eight and nine, what I think the great gift was they talk about the promises, but there's one promise that I don't think is mentioned much. And that is the promise that came true for me was that I was neutral with the past. I no longer let the past determine what happened to me today. I was the kind who would drive along on the street and something, I would remember something and I would start hitting the steering wheel and screaming. And it was because something was coming up from the past. Today, while I'm still dealing with the past, there's the most hateful line I think in the big book is, more shall be revealed. And you know, more has been revealed as I go on through life. But what happens is, I. What I do is I use the program to work on it. If I have a resentment, I work on a resentment. You know, and, and what, a long time ago, what I did was I, I heard in a meeting, I wish I knew even knew which meeting or who said it, but I don't. But, it, you know, it's all about self-centered fear. I'm afraid that I'm not going to get what I want, when I want it, and how I want it. And if I didn't get my way yesterday, it's a resentment. If I don't get my way today, it's anger. And if I don't think I'm going to get my way tomorrow, it is fear. So fear, anger, and resentments controlled my life, most of my life. It wasn't until I...
it wasn't until I came into the program and I worked the steps that I started to let go of the past. Now, what the past is today is not what happened 40 years ago. What the past is today was yesterday, if someone I thought rejected me or hurt me or angered me or whatever, it's the feelings and the actions that happened in my daily life each day. That's what the 10th step is for, though I don't do a written formal written 10th step. What I have to work on is I have to work on the feelings and the fear and the anger and the guilt and the shame that occurred five minutes ago or five hours ago or five days ago. And that's what the program is really great for. Now, I would like to talk about that thing that I asked them, is this a cult like the Moonies? It is not. My first sponsor said to me, AOA, he was in AA, my AA sponsor said, you know, it's like a pie chart. Naturally, he would went to a pie chart. He said, you divide it in fourths. One fourth is sleeping. One fourth is family. One fourth is AA. And one fourth is having fun, enjoying life. What he said was, what AA and OA and all the 290 12 step programs there are now are about is to put me back in the mainstream of life, to allow me to do things I never thought was possible, to enjoy life, and to learn to love Joe just exactly the way he is. And that is what been, has been my path for the last 39 years, is to learn to love Joe exactly the way he is. I had to make early on my goal weight was what I weigh today if I'm eating healthy for my body. Notice I didn't say to lose weight, eating healthy for my body. If I'm underweight, I'm eating to gain weight. If I'm overweight, I'm eating to come to a healthy weight. And if I'm at a healthy weight, I'm trying to stay at that healthy weight through my plan of eating. So what I'm doing is I'm constantly working on Joe and learning to love Joe the way he is. And I'm also learning how to have fun. When Carla asked me to lead us, I had to think for a second because normally I go to a meeting on Sunday morning, I meet friends for lunch, then I go, surprisingly, since I'm a photographer, I go to a school I'm at where I'm learning how to do sculpture, and I'm learning how to do sculpture with wood, and last semester was all autobiographical about growing up gay, and it was a really interesting piece of sculpture. And so what it is, is I'm learning how to relax and to have fun and to interact with other people. And that has been the hardest part because the promise that was the most important to me was fear of economic insecurity, fear of people in economic insecurity would leave you. I was totally and absolutely afraid of everyone. That's why I isolated. That's why I kept away from people. That's why I would push people away if they got too close. That's why I was afraid to let people know who I was. Uh, the one of the people I, I was reading, I read a, you know, one of the things that old people do for you young people is, you know, you're old when you start to read the obituaries in the paper <laughs> because you want to know who died. 
And uh, one of the people, the, the one of the largest development companies, uh, the the PR person, Pat, died today, uh, this week, Pat Harris. And, you know, she was very instrumental in my life because after, after her was another woman who I really came out to as a, as a gay person. What today is that I'm trying to do on a daily basis is wake up, since I'm old, get out of bed. I do meditation, and I do prayer, and I read three meditation books. And then I, I start the day off by communicating with people. And I, I say a prayer. And what the prayer is, is a serenity prayer, but I've changed it a little bit. God, grant me the serenity to accept the thing. I say sanity. God, grant me the sanity to accept the things I cannot change. But please, God, let me know what I need to accept. Uh, and then on the second one, what I need to change. God, please let me know what I need to change. And then give me the wisdom and courage and understanding and willingness to make those changes. I have to have God's in my life every day. And I try to have it every day in my life. I say a prayer before every meal. It's in the Brown book is where I read it. The chocolate book, we used to call it, which was the very first book of Overeaters Anonymous. Probably most of you have never even seen it. I will end with this. In AA, they say, even if your ass is falling off, don't drink. In OA, I say, even if your ass is falling off, don't, oh, don't overeat. And if you don't overeat, more than likely your ass will fall off. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Let me get back to uh, the script.